it's me, Sean Capri. I'm back in Canada and I'm in my car. And guess what? You're listening to the most horsepowerful podcast on the internet. It's the Xbox Drive. Sometimes I don't know if I'm saying things right, but I'm on a Skype call with my friend Ryan Turford riding in on his moose. I drive the car, he drives the show, so buckle up and jump on in to the Xbox Drive. Greater than X. It was the night before XO19 and all through the house. I don't even remember the rhyme, so I can't even continue. But man, it, it was it's twas twas the night twas the night Look, before. Although it's so funny that you launched with that, man, because I was thinking the exact same thing. But as people are listening to this, it is actually the day of XO19 in London, the biggest inside Xbox ever. Ryan Turford, how are you? It's gonna be a big day. I'm I'm doing well. I'm hyped, Sean. I'm so excited I. to <laughs> to, to uh, watch the show later today. But we're hyped. Speaking of that, Sean, we're gonna immediately hop into the garage because we're gonna we gotta got some cleaning to do. We gotta oh, clean no. the garage. Okay, a little house cleaning. I got so you. XO nineteen. Of course, today is happening. We've got a couple. Th- special things lined up. Um, and so if you're listening to the show this morning, of course, uh, you can look out for, look out for this stuff. First of all, I'm going to be doing a live react, uh, live stream over on my Twitch channel, uh, starting at two 45 Eastern standard time, basically reacting to the inside Xbox, uh, presentation. I'm starting at two 45 because I'm going to start pr- with predictions and then I'll kind of do a, a wrap up once the show is over. Nice. Um, and, uh, also you and I are going to be recording an extra mile special episode tomorrow evening that should probably go live on Friday uh, talking all about XO19. I think there's no reason why this thing can't go live like immediately afterwards. We'll we'll do a similar. I'll be on the drive home uh, as we have our production meeting right here live on the show. And um, I don't see why it doesn't go live like that night, basically. So I'll put the kiddos to bed. I'll uh, I'll launch the the podcast, and then we'll go live over at twitch.tv slash Sean Capri for some gaming, man. Bam! I'm I'm hyped up, man. That's quite the plan. I had too much coffee, dude. Like I, it was a day, but I'm excited. How dare you be excited about things? I'm Sean. also excited about dollar coffees monster. at McDonald's. <laughs> Hi, how are That's you? That's true. Oh, just one moment. Oh, she's not ready for me, Ryan. She's That's, not ready for you yet. Like, does oh. she realize that we're doing a podcast here? Uh, I mean, she doesn't know she's actually a lo- uh, I'm like, on a show right now. Do you think yeah. she plays Xbox? Do you wonder if she thinks that you're crazy and that you're just talking to yourself in your car? It's possible. I'm not sure if she's actually like, I'm I'm, I'm kind of trying to whisper, but I think that she can hear like everything. You know, they can never really hear your order, but they can hear you whispering when you talk about them. You know what I mean? They know. I wonder if she knows what's coming to Xbox Game Pass. I don't think she does know. This is an oh, unbelievable man. wait, Ryan. I'm like first in line here. That's crazy. She knows we're trying to keep this to a 40-minute show. All right. Uh, before we get into things, while you're waiting for her to come <laughs> yeah, back. Please go on. <laughs> I want to say, of course, uh, a huge shout out and thank you to everyone who came out uh, to my extra live stream that happened in the last couple of days on uh, Tuesday and Wednesday this week. Uh, we had a ton of fun on stream and... Uh, uh, I just wanted to personally thank everyone who came by. I had a lot of fun doing it, and hopefully we'll be doing more streams in the future. So look out for that. So Dude, that was a lot of fun. Congratulations, man. I, I tried to drop in whenever I... Oh, hi there. Uh, can I please get a large coffee with two Splenda? Large coffee, two Splenda. Y- yes, please. Thank you. No, thank you. No, thank you. Yep. 
Goodness gracious. Uh, I dropped in. <laughs> Man, you got to do some more. You got to do more streaming. I love that uh, Extra Life has this amazing way of encouraging people to jump in maybe for the first time or maybe they, they lapse and they want to get back at it. And I uh, that's how I first got into streaming was thanks to Extra Life. It kind of forced me to get all my gear together. And it's been a long journey ever since then. And I just want to publicly encourage you to, con- to keep streaming. And for everybody listening, please, my goodness gracious, go to twitch.tv slash Ryan Turford. Give the guy a follow. We can get him up 15 followers to get him up to affiliate status. So I'm putting out the call up, guys. Come on, support your boy, uh, the the man on the moose. <laughs> oh my god! There's, yes, there's, there it is. This is. There's too much pressure on me, shout. I don't know if I, I'm going to buckle under the pressure now. You I definitely won't. It. You're a consummate professional. That's why you're on the show, and you're, you're a proud Canadian. And uh, yeah, dude, I I think that you should definitely because you play. I mean, I don't know if you want to talk about go jump into the playlist at this point, but you play some amazing and interesting and eclectic games my friend well i do play a lot of weird stuff i think that's the term you were going for sean <laughs> is that eclectic so, weird whatever so we're gonna pop in our a track sean mm-hmm. we're gonna mm-hmm. talk Go about the playlist because romancing saga 3 is here and it's ready to kick your butt because it is a, a really fun uh hd remake thank or you master from from square enix our friends at square enix of a super famicom rpg from 1995 Nice. Which is basically like in that golden era of Square Enix where they had releases like Chrono Trigger and uh, Trials of Mana and all Squaresoft even. Yeah, man. Yeah. And uh, we, were, we were playing it on stream because I, I have the cartridge for this game, but for the Japanese version. So it's very, as those who know, it's very hard to play an RPG that's very dialogue heavy in Japanese. So I haven't really played it. <laughs> so how do you the, even have that? Why do you have it? Well, I was in Japan, and I was picking up games that hadn't been released here, and I picked up that and uh, Second Detsetsu 3, a.k.a. Trials of Mana, because both hadn't been released here, and th- those were games I had always wanted to play. Oh, my Because um, I have a, a Retron 5, which is like an emulation-based console, and you can apply Thank translation you. patches you too. To, uh, to games, like Super Famicom games. Right. So I was going to play with a translation patch eventually. But this saved me the trouble of going out and, and finding that and, you know, doing that. It's, it's all nice on my Xbox One now. Um, the one thing I w- will say about it, though, is the localization that whoever basically went and translated this, I'm pretty sure that by through playing it that they basically took the, the rough translation and just put it in the game as is. It just went they with it. <laughs> yeah, they didn't really. It doesn't look like they localized it or anything like that because there's all kinds of uh, grammatical errors and spelling mistakes and like some sentences that just don't make any sense at all. <laughs> like, even in this remake, even in like I can understand maybe in the original, like localization wasn't perfected yet, but like they kind of well, had a chance to, remember, to redo this. This is, this is the first time it's getting an English translation. Period. But it's 2019. <laughs> That's heck? true. But uh, we, I mean, we've seen this from ga- other games like this in from this situation before. Um, that's why I'm saying it's it's. I don't think they put the the same effort in this collection that they did with the uh, um, Mana collection that launched on Switch. You don't say. They kind of did the same thing with uh, Trials of Mana. Um, so that especially because in this port as well, the Xbox version has the PC controls and sliders on it. Right. Like it's basically the PC, uh, a, a very rushed PC version that happens to also play on Xbox. Surprisingly. That's crazy. But you know it sounds just, like to me is like, you know, like, did you, cause we're Canadian. We all took uh, French in high school. Like it's like we went to, we did our French homework by just going to the internet and hitting Google translate or whatever. Back in the day, it was even worse. It's like they put the entire script into Google translate and then it popped out an answer. But that being said, all that aside, if you're not in it for the story, 
you're I still think you're gonna have a ton of fun with this game because as John saw on, on well I was playing on stream I was having a blast playing the game because the turn-based battles are very similar to Final Fantasy one through three like the early days of Final Fantasy yeah where basically each of your party members takes a turn and then all of the enemies take a turn um and basically what they did with the visuals which is really cool is they took those 16-bit Super Nintendo sprites from the original release and put them all over top of these brand new uh like almost like hand-drawn backgrounds it's perfect um and it looks gorgeous like it actually looks really cool it's much better than like the final fantasy 6 remake they did uh on pc uh last year where yeah. they basically redid all the graphics and it just doesn't look like the same game like mm. this it looks like the same game but with like a, almost like a fresh coat of paint. So I really appreciated that. Plus, the music is all the same from the original release. So you got some really uh, rocking 16-bit uh, tunes to, to jam out to. Like, the battle theme is awesome. Like, I could just toe-tap to that all day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I'm having a lot of fun with this game. It's it's pretty cheap right now. It's on sale. It's $31 Canadian. Uh, I think the normal price is $40. Bucks. Yeah. Uh, and it's a 20-hour RPG with seven, sorry, eight different endings. Dang, yeah, classic Squaresoft, man. That's totally like, it looked like Chrono Trigger. Like, I'm m- much more familiar with Chrono Trigger, and it looked and sounded like it looked uh, a lot like that. So very familiar, very reminiscent and nostalgic for me to jump into your stream and watch that. Especially because, like, there's enemies on the over over map. Like, it's not random battles. You walk into the enemies to start combat. Oh, that's way better. So, just like Chrono Trigger. So, yeah, it's it's very reminiscent of those games. Uh, and, yeah, I, I really loved what I played, and I can't wait to play more. Nice, man. Uh, but what about you, Sean? What did you play this week? <laughs> I uh, I spent a day, oh, a couple days, like in travel last week since we last recorded. So I'm glad to be home here in Canada. And to be honest with you, Ryan, um, I'm so glad that I have discovered multiplayer in Call of Duty because, as you know, I did not love the campaign as much as everybody else did. I think it's still very good, and I've since gone back and done some achievement hunting, which is very. Uh, I guess easy to do thanks to, I was looking at, I can't remember if it was uh, Achievement Hunter or whatever it was, but Maka is all over the comments. He's got his videos, he's perfect at it. Maca 91? Maca 91 Productions, yeah. yeah. Huge, huge shout out to Maca because he does amazing achievement guides for almost every Xbox game. So definitely check out his stuff if you haven't. Man, it's it's just a it's a cakewalk when he when you're following his guide. So shout out to Maca. Um, cleaning up a little bit of the, the trophies over there, the ones that are possible anyways. But dude, like I spent the other night playing uh, Gunfight with, with Badbit from the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. And I am so addicted to that mode. Like I would just play that forever. Um, and I'm just, I'm leveling up, I'm trying new weapons, I'm customizing my, my loadouts and I'm unlocking new things. And I'm just like, I am all in on this multiplayer mode. And I honestly, I don't really think that I've like gotten this deep into a multiplayer mode in Call of Duty maybe ever. And so I can't even tell you like how this compares to Blops 4 last year or whatever else is really, like it's been so long since I've really gotten into it this deep, but I am just having Mm -hmm. an absolute blast, but well aware that I've kind of walked away from Outer Worlds. So I need to jump into that before next week and before Friday because the Star Wars New Jedi New Order or oh, Fallen Order that comes game, out. That little game that comes uh, out on Friday. It's the, I think it's like the last it's the last big one. So we can kind it of really just figure out the rest of our year together. But uh, Call of Duty has captured my imagination. I think about it when I'm not playing it and I can't wait to get back to it. And that's that's kind of where I'm at, man. Dude, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, especially cross-play, I think definitely really helped. Oh, game, huge. Yeah, because sure. I'm playing with a PlayStation guy. And just want to say, when uh, when I host the party, we have no problems. But when uh, when when Joseph hosted on the on the PSN, we got broken up every single time. We had to switch it on over to the power of the Xbox Live, the power of the cloud. <laughs> yep. 
it mm-hmm. just because Jeremy was interfering? Is that what happened? I have no idea, man. <laughs> it's probably just dumb luck, to be totally honest with you. But yeah, just really that 2v2 mode in Gunfight is absolutely incredible it's so it's so tight and like when you get into a groove and you find a good partner like it's like nothing else man i started to understand why people love rainbow six siege so much because it's it's i think kind of similar to that very um very specific type of gameplay it's not quite as uh, wandering as uh team deathmatch or anything like that very very small little tiny arenas almost like paintball um and it's just been great man i just i just love it i can't wait to get back to it Nice, nice. All right, let's slam the brakes on this conversation, Sean. It's time for some breaking news. Um, we have a lot of uh, smaller news stories this week. We don't yeah. really have, obviously, all the big news is going to happen uh, this afternoon with XO19, but we got some smaller things. For example, in an upcoming Xbox update, um, Xbox insiders are trying this out now with an alpha release. There's a surprise me button coming to the Xbox dashboard that will allow you, if you select the button, to it will select a game randomly from your backlog and you can start playing that game <laughs> because so if you good. so if you've ever pulled a sean capri and we're like man what game should we stream tonight because sean you do this all the time mm-hmm. um it will randomly pick a game for you and then you're like oh i guess i'm playing dishonored 2 tonight because yep. that's the game it chose that's awesome i actually really like that feature because then it really like encourages you to go back and, and play some of your older games so Especially is, when you have tough choosing. Is this, I saw the story as well, and I want to clarify something, because it did say, like, uh, a game from your backlog, which is different from, or at least it sounds like it's different from what is available on the PC app, the Xbox app on PC, which is a surprise me button, and it's just any game on Game Pass. Is that essentially, is it the same thing, or can you, like, define, these are the games that are in my backlog, pick for me? Unfortunately, we don't have that information because it's it's not on the series of tweets from Xbox Insider or on the article that we that we found on this. Right. Um, and we're neither of us are in the program, so we don't have any way of checking. As far as I can tell, it is just games that are installed on your console. Okay. Okay. Oh, so that's better. That's way better than like yeah. just randomly from. I mean, Game Pass is still great, and that's kind of how the PC one works. But yeah, this is totally. It shouldn't even just say surprise me. It should just be like pull a Sean Capri. Because yeah, that's that's me in space. Because the section this is located in is in your games section, like the the my games oh, and apps section. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. that's awesome. Yes, yes. Please, God, that would be very <laughs> helpful. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm downloading all these apps. Like you have no idea, man. I've got. You're going to download a whole bunch of random games, <laughs> and then you're going to get stuck playing. Uh, I don't know some other, some random game. You're going to get stuck playing like Secret Neighbor or something like that. I don't know. Well, that's if I really hold it true, if I'm like, I'm going to play whatever is going to pop up on the other side of this button. But you always know, like, if you can't decide and somebody goes like, play this, you're like, "Mm, not that one. So (laughs) you just got to follow your heart. And that's that's how uh, that's how I'll get through, man. That's how Well, sometimes there's the what's referred to as the Netflix syndrome where you're just you'll you'll spend more time just combing through your list of games than actually playing games. I'm taking over. I'm taking that back. It's the Sean Capri syndrome. It's not the Netflix syndrome. (laughs) I'm taking the Sean Capri syndrome. (laughs) Wait, no, I don't think I want to be known for that never mind yeah i was gonna say do you really want to no all right speaking speaking of games sean uh we actually have one release coming out on the 14th and one out right now that we're going to talk about uh minecraft earth is out in early access on ios and android mobile devices in the u.s starting today aka yesterday if you're uh, the day you're listening to this yeah and uh age of empires 2 definitive edition is out on uh the 14th 
Dude, which is I, exciting as well. I played both these games at E3, and both are really great, which one is not so much of a surprise. The Age of Empires 2 is is a absolute classic and masterpiece uh, from the, the heyday of real-time strategy games. It looks gorgeous. I can't wait to play it. This is also launching in Game Pass for PC, if I'm not mistaken. And um, Luke and I actually got to play Minecraft Earth, and I went into that going like, "Ooh, I don't like. I'll, I'll thank you for the appointment. And I'll go check this out." Uh, not really into Minecraft at all, and I walked out of that completely blown away. I can't wait for people to get their hands on this. And um, dude, like this might be my on ramp into Minecraft in a weird, in a weird way. But Minecraft you Earth is a real deal. No, not not the not the main game, but for whatever reason, just like holding your phone up and then kind of seeing your friends in the in a Minecraft world and dig, looking at the floor, digging down and seeing like whatever that's called, like all the lava <laughs> and the inside of the earth. That is kind of what you do in Minecraft. Yeah, like you do it in the real world. Like you dig a pit and you can like build a house and you can throw, take, pick up a pig and throw him into the pit if you're demonic like that. But it's really weird. It's this um, augmented reality is, is something else, dude. And it's, I think we, a lot of people wanted to compare it to Pokemon Go and the developers were very much, like they recognized the similarities there, but they're like, it's not really that. Like it's quite different. And, I, and by the end, I, I kind of saw where they were coming from. So I can't wait for people to try it and check it out. Don't yeah. turn your nose up to Minecraft Earth because it's a phone game or because you haven't gotten into Minecraft. It is a very, very cool technological experience that reminds us all of that first time we saw it with the HoloLens um, demo with that table, which that same table was at E3 when Luke and I played. They're like, this was the table. Like, this was the HoloLens table when they we first it saw it. Them. Yeah. It travels the road it's with the, the traveling with the table. Crew. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I definitely want to try it out because I, I actually spent like over 200 hours playing Minecraft. So oh, you'll love I, it. I think this is definitely up my alley. The only problem with this, of course, is that you have to go outside or at least it encourages <laughs> you to go outside. <laughs> you really and don't, I don't though. know if you knew where we live, Sean, because we live in Canada and it's very cold outside. Right yeah, now. no, it's not going to happen. No, you can stay inside and use your, your, your home Wi-Fi. It's all good, man. Yeah, that's true. I could do that. Yeah, it's cold here, and we it's, don't have unlimited data, so... So, it's, so it is different from Pokemon Go, because you don't have to go outside to use it. That's right. Pokemon Go, you actually have to leave your house a lot of times. Big time. Unless you live where I live, where there's literally two gyms within the uh, range of my apartment building. I yeah, man. I don't have to leave. But, um, but yeah, Age of Empires 2, I'm excited about as well, um, because I, I loved Age of Empires 2. I played a ton of it back in the day, and it's cool to see, like, an updated... Uh, like version of the game that looks kind of like Starcraft remastered as well. Oh, that was they're so not good. trying to fix the game, yeah. but they, they're trying to make it so it works correctly on modern PCs because there's actually a huge fan community still behind that game. Um, yeah, so I know a lot of those people are are going to be happy with that release. Um, next up, of course, Phil Spencer. He's visiting Patrick Soderlund, uh, who used to work at EA <laughs> over at Embark Studios. Of course, Sean, you yeah. now claim that this must be. He's buying Embark. That, that's what's happening? It's obvious. Happening. I think the entire internet is claiming that, but at the same time being very wary of uh, Patrick Sutherland for reasons that I don't fully understand. I don't really share the same hate, like, really for anything as the rest of the internet, but uh, scrolling through the comments on that tweet, first of all, Phil Spencer has an amazing Xbox Game Pass winter jacket slash sweater thing that I absolutely want. Um, it is yeah, pretty dope, I'm not going to lie. Scrolling through those comments, people are very like, uh, Patrick Sutherland is the devil. We're very against this guy. I think he's a nice man. I, I hope that he's doing great things. And they've got some really cool uh, tech demos over on uh, Embark Studios' Twitter feed from back in May, if you guys want to scroll through that. But I just wanted to spark this up as a conference. Like, do you think that they're that obvious to go, this is, a, this is an acquisition? I'm not sure if anybody's really heard of Embark Studios over in, in Sweden or Stockholm, Sweden. But um, 
That's where Patrick I Sutherland ended up. Don't think so. Yeah, I mean it's it's possible, but I don't think so because. I mean, Phil's obviously over there for XO19 anyways, so he might have actually gone early and, and is probably actually doing a tour of some of the other studios in that area, and, mm-hmm. and, and not all of them might be public, yeah. like this one. Um, but yeah, I'm assuming he's just going around Europe, meeting up with different studios before XO19 happens. Yeah, um, possible. That's just my my read on the situation. But yeah, you never know. I mean... Uh, it would be interesting. It would be an interesting story if they were to buy Embark because, yeah, you're right. I think that they they might they they might bring uh, something unique to the Xbox brand as well. Um, yeah. So I mean, I wouldn't be against it, even though, again, he's from EA, so clearly he's the devil. But, right. Uh, but yeah, so w- we'll see. Again, my initial read though is no, I don't think he's there to just just hanging out. Yeah. yeah. Although there is, I because I it it kind of sounds like I think they might be done buying studios for a little while. But, I mean, they're Microsoft. You never know. They have exactly. lots of money. They can buy more more studios if they want. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. And uh, last thing we want to touch on before we get to your questions. Uh, Xbox Elite uh, Series 2 controllers are... There's a lot of uh, people reporting that there are all kinds of issues from it. From yeah. uh, but- buttons to wireless connectivity to thumbsticks. All kinds of stuff. There's actually a, a Windows Central article that is in the show notes that goes over all the, the reported issues. Um, and it sounds like Microsoft is addressing a lot of this stuff. Um, so yeah, this is kind of crazy that, cause we didn't really see this with the elite, uh, the first series of elite controllers like those. I didn't really hear anyone complain that there were problems with those, but yeah, it sounds like a lot of people are having, uh, all kinds of different problems. Here's my uh, Sally sunshine spin on it is that there's so many people who bought them that the, the, there's the that issues too. are coming up for sure. They were the first one where like, I just think that there was a lot of attention to the, to, uh, to this one. And I really, uh, I think we can all rest assured that Microsoft will treat this situation with, uh, the white glove treatment that we've come to know with them and their hardware. So at least yeah. there's that, but we will, I know that windows central reached out for comments. So I want to close the loop on that as well. I don't want to just put it out there that these things are busted. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So. No, if we hear any more about this, uh, this situation, we will definitely report it here for sure. Yeah. Um, cause right now, again, we don't have a ton of information too much about it, especially cause again, we don't have, uh, these controllers ourselves and, uh, no one's reached out to us yet as well. But yeah, if we do hear anything, uh, we'll definitely talk about it on the sh- on the show for sure. So, Big time. Uh, keep an eye out for that. And definitely if you have problems with uh, your Elite controller, definitely reach out to Microsoft because uh, they've always been really good about, about warranty support on any mm-hmm. of their products in general. So uh, definitely go down that road. Anyways, let's let them, some people into the carpool, Sean, uh, because we've got a really spicy cruise control topic for later. <laughs> um, spicy. And, uh, I should say, before we get into this, uh, a bunch of these questions, of course, were submitted via Discord. Yeah, So there's man. actually a link in the show notes for um, the You, Me, and Capri Discord. So that's where a lot of these questions got pulled from today. Uh, so if you do want to join that, uh, it, all the links for that are in the show notes. So definitely check us out there. So uh, first question from Joe uh, Joel, a.k.a. Falcon, from Discord. He asks... On a scale of maple syrup to moose, how excited are you from XO19? First of all, I got to appreciate that because that is an amazing scale, a very Canadian scale. Uh, I am definitely on the moose level okay. of excitement. Okay. I'm, I'm super hyped. I mean, you could already tell from the beginning of the show that you and I, I think, are both, at least we have some level of hype for this. Uh, yeah. It's definitely higher than 
the the previous years XO19 or even other inside Xboxes. It's certainly inside Xbox, yeah. And Xbox has taken uh, the the lead here. They're they're leading by example to go. You should be hyped for this. Like, check it out. It's the biggest inside Xbox ever. So I kind of out of nowhere. I think a couple weeks ago we had a question come in going like, "What do you expect to happen out of uh, XO?" And I'm like, "Not much." Like, <laughs> I don't yeah. think very much. You my and I answer, both thought that. It, yeah. yeah, it's very different now, man. They they've changed my mind. I think there's a lot to to be expected out of tomorrow for sure. So I think I'll explore the scale i'll say maple syrup dude like i think that's just as <laughs> i think i think they're both good <laughs> but hold on because i would assume by the way he's phrasing this maple syrup is at the bottom of the scale. from mm, okay i definitely want to be on the top but what if we said maple syrup on the moose antlers that's where okay. i'm at that yeah. works. So you're 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 at a, at eleven. That's definitely yep. An eleven out of ten. Well, that's why that's, we're doing it. That's why we're doing an extra mile, man. We're going oh, the extra doing, mile for this thing with an extra I was just show. Say, that's, we're doing live reactions. We're mm-hmm. doing we're doing an extra mile. We're going all out for XO nineteen because it sounds go. like Microsoft is also going all out. And, Heck yes. Uh, yeah. I can't wait to wait to see uh, what's going on this afternoon, but we'll get to that in a second because uh, we're going to go into that more detail. Next up, the Winter Gamer from Discord asks, "Do we need reviewers?" Reviewers, he says, do we need reviews? But do you need reviewers to give us scores anymore or uh, at all? Should an opinion be given value? Does the score actually take attention away from what the reviewer has to say? Yeah. Um, Sean, what do you think about this before I give my piece about this? Well, I think it's a it's a dichotomy that the the scores give us a language that we somewhat understand and but we also attack <laughs> all at the same time and we're like because yeah. we all i think anybody who's really listening to a podcast and wants to get uh, a thorough understanding of the games before we play them we understand that there is more to it than just a score however it is a shorthand that we kind of require like we kind of want to know is this like i think a lot of people filter the the games that they're going to end up playing by go i don't i only have time for eights in a way, like obviously that is oversimplifying um, a lot of the insight that goes into the game or even the development of the game to begin with to to reduce that down to a number is it feels kind of just like not enough. So but I get it, man. I, I think that I I sort my games by by that sort of notion as well. Like, I don't think that I want to play too many sixes. Um, I really need to have something um like you have to almost be a fan of the genre uh, mm-hmm. in that case which i don't even know if we've kind of gotten away from that but i think it's a scores are a necessary evil i don't think because i there's a couple of sites that moved away from giving a score and i don't yeah. read those reviews like i don't yeah. even go to the site so it's not for me the score gives me an indication of like should i read more and that's kind of how i've tackled uh reviews in the past yeah like the score has always been a, a good barometer for kind of how they're feeling but then obviously if i want to know more about it yeah that's that's what the the written reviews is for especially um because you and i have both written reviews for for sites sean and um especially like when drew and i were uh putting together game moose of course game-moose.com i've written a lot of reviews over there and when we were putting together our review system we talked about this we talked about the idea of not having review scores but there's a reason why we decided to do that and the reason we decided to do review scores on top of our reviews is is simple the review score was always meant to be a guideline and the re- review score always has a word that we would associate with how we feel about that game attached to it right so then that way you would attach that number to how wherever wherever you're feeling yeah, not just a from a number perspective or is it amazing or is it yeah, okay exactly and yeah. then we would even ha- we even had an article written going over what each of those numbers meant. Right. So anyone at any time, or we could refer, refer people to that article, would go over exactly what we meant 
by the, by that by that number. So that that actually meant something. Um, the other reason, of course, is that in order for to grow a site, especially a smaller site like ours, um, you want to. The goal is to try and get the site onto Metacritic, and Metacritic specifically doesn't take uh, sites without review scores. Yeah, so, unless there's a couple. I think Kotaku it's do, it yeah. does translate Kotaku some of the bigger po- ones just Polygon, based yeah. on traffic. But yeah, if you're yeah. trying to like make a name, then yeah, you're you're trying to feed into that language that that really everybody understands. And I think that I would I think for, for a lot of people would like to kind of go back to not the what IGN had before, where it's like graphics or this and sound effects or this <laughs> and presentation. Like that's not really what I'm trying to say, but. I do think that there are a number of dimensions that are not reflected in a score in terms of like, is it a good quality game? Did I have fun playing it? Is it worth buying? Like, I think these are all questions that people have that Mm -hmm. they're trying to like shoehorn into a number. And I think that's where the trouble is. Exactly. And not only that, but the, the, the problem, the other problem is, the experience is always going to differ from person to person. Of course, that goes without saying almost. Regardless, because the score, for example, doesn't necessarily, um, you know, stand for the site specifically a lot of the times. It's just what it, it's it's there to represent what the, the individual reviewer thought of the game. Right. But you might feel completely differently. That's why even though there are games that, that do end up getting sixes, uh, a good example actually is State of Decay 2, yep. um, a game that I know myself and, and Luke Lore really actually loved. But got sixes across the board. Yeah, um, I was one of the outliers who actually reviewed that game and got and gave it an eight yeah. because I actually had a great time with that game. But I know that that game isn't that, uh, that, that. I know a lot of people didn't have fun with that game, but I know that there's fun to be had with that game. So even though the game averaged a lot of five, uh, a lot of sixes and sevens on Metacritic across other sites, I still know that there's some fun there. So even even a game that ha- ends up with a six. I don't. I, I still think some of those games still have a redeeming value, but that's why again it's important to read reviews because then they that gives you that clarification of whether or not that game you is going to be fun for you or not. Yeah. I think that gives you much more insight into it than just the review score in general. Big time. Um, so uh, I think just people just need to change the way they think maybe about reviews, and and part of that is just people uh, look at the review score and and don't always necessarily know. Or want to investigate, anyways, how the review po- review process works. They just assume, oh, IGN gave this a six, so that represents everyone at IGN's opinions because they're a giant hive mind uh, that all thinks the same. Yeah, as an example. Yeah, then. Well, oh, I mean, I talked about this in the past as well, but to, just to say that I think it would be really, especially for sites like IGN uh, and anybody who has the capacity of like more than one person to have like a second take, I think would be would be great. That that's really where reviews should be. Is that almost mm-hmm. where you have one, you should actually have a second one. Yeah, I think a lot of that a lot of that issue just comes down to to manpower. Considering how many games there are out there, it's just it's tough to have more than one reviewer on a game. But yeah, for some some bigger games, for sure, I can definitely see uh, the argument for that. If you did that for every game, well, it even might be as like tough, a response, but... like even even for us to do, like I think we yeah. had a really interesting conversation about Call of Duty, where you got to the bulk of the game first and you gave your opinion, and I kind of came in with a second opinion. I think that uh, like maybe where a game could be divisive or divisive. Mm-hmm. That might be a, a, a style that you could do reviews in, but um, I think just the, the, the one voice obviously doesn't work because people seek out so many different voices and so many different authorities and sites and podcasts already. So, yeah, I think it's just it's a, it's a different way of thinking. I, I kind of want to just step aside from attacking review scores. Like, I think it seems to be cool to do right now. 
I think we are all, whether it's guilty or we just do it, we look, I think we value uh, review scores more than perhaps we want to admit because it has become uncouth to, uh, to put so much clout into, into the review score itself. For sure. All right, uh, let's move on because we got to get through these last two uh, questions here. Uh, Watcher Girl 9 from Discord, she asks, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order, is it worth the pickup? Neither one of us can answer that question, unfortunately. <laughs> we don't have, we uh, we didn't receive the game earlier or anything like that, so we will be finding out with the rest of you this Friday. There's no EA Access trial because uh, EA was worried about spoilers mm-hmm. for the game, um, so they didn't release a trial for the game, so we don't know. I guess yeah. we'll find out on Friday. I'm super excited about it, though, because... Um, for the, I mean, folks know I love Metroid Prime and just the Metroid series in general, and it sounds like it's going to be Metroidvania mixed with Dark Souls, and I can't wait for this game. It sounds awesome. I'm stoked uh, for it, man. There is, I will, I do have that 10% discount on EA Access. I am just about to hit that pre-order button, to be honest with you, though. Ryan McCaffrey on Unlock this week said something at the very end that had me kind of going like, mm, I might just pull off of that for a second and just wait to see how review scores come out. And, and he said that um, EA is being very weird about the, um, the embargo they're not even allowed to say when the embargo is up. Like, why wouldn't you want to drive a whole bunch of traffic? I think it got posted somewhere, though, because it actually, um, since leaked. the show went up, I think it's it's actually Thursday at 9 p.m. it said, okay. which is which 9 p.m. Pacific. So okay. it's going to be basically at midnight when it launches. Well, who knows then, man? I'd, I I kind of go back and forth on pre-ordering, but that's a that's maybe a topic for another day. Yeah. Well, I mean, worst case scenario, I mean, I'll tell you what I, what I think about it, and then you can always make the decision from there if you want oh, to but I want to well. play, Ryan. <laughs> That's true. That's true. There is that factor to it, too. Anyways, let's get to Todd Oxtra as well. He asks, assuming Fable does come back to Scarlet or and Playground Games is developing it, what would you like to see them do with the franchise? I just want just fresh reboot in Albion. I, I liked the steampunky stuff in, in the later games, but I almost kind of want to see them move away from that a little bit. But I, I I kind of just want to see like a completely new take on Fable, even if they decide to move Fable to the future. And then give it like the same level of whimsy and charm that we saw with the previous games. I would be okay with that too. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to. I want to pet the dog. I think that's yeah. number one. I want to be able to pet the dog for sure. And I would like to see the next generation of um, like good versus evil kind of thing. Like I, I think that there. It's been a long time since we've seen any game really tackle this in an evolved way of like like Paragon versus whatever the opposite of that is. I would like to game. see like like I think that's kind of the core of Fable, right? Like. But it, it never really expanded beyond what we know it as. So I'd like, I'd like a little more of that. All right. Let's uh, jump into cruise control, Sean. Let's talk about XO19. Our predictions, our updated pre- predictions, because, for example, there is going to be an, an announced game at the show. It's refer- being referred to as Redacted on the game panel sheet that Aaron Greenberg uh, tweeted out. Also, Battletoads hasn't technically been delayed from 2019. So we'll see about this. So, Sean... Give me your first prediction. What's happening at the show this afternoon? I think Battletoads is ready. I think it's going to drop. I, I don't know if that's like really going out on a limb to say, but um, played that at E3, and it was great. It was actually so fun. And I honestly can't think of a better time for a game like that to drop in, in any other fashion, any other timeline, than tomorrow, than today, like when people are listening mm-hmm. to this. Um, I think that would be the best thing for the game in that you don't really want to overhype this one. I, I, and that's not to say that it's a, not a good quality game or anything, but it's not like the deepest experience that you're really going to find. It's a pick it up and play perfect for Game Pass. Everybody should like have some fun on the couch with this thing. And um, I definitely see that shadow dropping tomorrow for sure. 
Yeah, I mean, it's one of those games, kind of like Streets of Rage 4 is another game like that, where it's a it's a brawler. I feel like those games could just launch any day they wanted to and, yeah. it would, and would get the same level of fanfare whenever they dropped it. In fact, it would probably get more attention, more eyeballs on it if they shadow dropped it along with something like this. Right. Um, and if it doesn't happen this time... It could happen at any other inside Xbox, even in it. I think it would be just as exciting. And so, as yeah. this week has turned out, like I think it would be an okay time, aside from I guess maybe <laughs> uh, Star Wars Jedi. coming out on yeah. on Friday. But um, just as a like, we've got a little opening, we've got a slight little window here, which is insane to say, um, but I could see it happening for sure. Yeah. The other game, speaking of shadow drops, my my first prediction actually is another game shadow dropping. That if it's not going to be Battletoads, it'll be this game, Tunic. This game oh, that nice. we we saw a long time ago. It's it's you play as a little fox, and it's but it's uh, basically like two D Zelda essentially. Yep. So if you if you like Zelda, like two D uh, Zelda games, I think you're gonna really dig this game. Uh, it looks totally awesome, and yeah, I could see it the the same deal where it it's like Battletoads, where it hasn't really gotten official release date. They've just nebulously said 2019 for a while mm-hmm. so there's the possibility that it might be tunic instead that shadow drops but kind i think like we're below kind of like below yeah. last year kind of just came out of nowhere i think i think tunic's way further out when we played it at e3 they had just added like the stamina meter uh, oh, okay. so i think i think there are ways out for that one for sure you got that special insight mm-hmm. i agree with you though i think there's definitely a game that's going to shadow drop tomorrow whether it's battletoads or tunic i think those are just the two most likely candidates um, unless it's a game we've just never heard of but i definitely right. think there is one game that is going to release tomorrow besides uh age of empires which is actually out and i keep saying tomorrow but i actually mean today right so uh you know that's the thing so I gotcha. next up what's your what's your next prediction sean what do you think i think we need to hear about gears tactics i think we're gonna get a beta that starts in december and we're gonna get a mid january release date i think that game is it needs to be outside of like the main kind of points within the year's got to be the hell away from <laughs> cyberpunk and everything that's happening in like march april may kind of thing it's not a fall release and so i think it's either a january or july thing and i could see them doing a a big push with a with with a beta and getting everybody in on the main game the real game is going to come uh day and date on game pass in mid-january nice yeah i mean i want to know much more about gears tactics because uh i mean we haven't i haven't played or anything like that but man that game looks awesome and i can't wait to get that in our hands even though it's coming to a pc but well yeah they need to complete that trifecta we we know that it's coming to console as well they they have uh they have let us in on that bit of information in the past but they need to complete the trifecta of gears pop gears 5 and now gears tactics and they need to do it while gears 5 still has a little bit of activity going around it and some some fervor uh and i think that time is now my friend all right, my next prediction is that I think that Rare is going to show a new game, and yep. again, this is this is not this is pretty common information out there because we've been hearing a lot of rumors about that about this. And yeah, I think it's going to be a new IP. Yeah, uh, Garrett Bland, shout out to Garrett Bland. We were talking on on stream about this earlier today, but yeah, I think it, from Rare, there it's going to be a new IP. Yeah, and that's kind of almost what I really hope that they'll do. Like, I I would love to see like a new Perfect Dark game or Banjo or something like that, but. More than anything, I want to see a new IP with that rare level of charm. I, I think that would be really sweet. Wouldn't that be amazing, though? As I think about it, you're right. And I think a lot of Xbox fans want a new IP, but like back-to-back new IP. Sea of Thieves was a brand new IP and a and a challenging genre for sure. So for them to kind of go with a brand new IP would be, I think, ambitious to say the least, but I'm with you. My one thing that I really, really want out of Rare, and I think that they are best suited to do it, is to create some sort of identifiable character they need to have somebody alongside like master chief 
Keefe and Marcus Phoenix. Like they they don't really have this stable of characters and recognizable um, mascots even to have uh, identifiable as as Xbox. And Rare should be doing that. I just don't know like what genre you put that in. I don't necessarily want like a platform or anything more in the traditional mascot kind of sense. But I do think that they they are they are well equipped to create something that is memorable, lovable, and identifiable as as Xbox. For sure. Yeah, I mean, Xbox doesn't really have, like, a, a mascot besides Master Chief. Yeah, or Marcus yeah Steve, Forza so. Driver. Yeah, Forza Driver or uh, <laughs> Minecraft dudes. Minecraft yeah. Steve. <laughs> Steve, exactly. Yeah, yeah it doesn't exactly. quite cut it when you have, like, the likes of Kratos or Super Mario, of course. Like, there's just so many others that people yeah. think of first when they think of video game characters. Yeah. So last one, we got to do this real quick. So quick pick, Sean, what, what game, what one game gets added to Game Pass real quick? What one game gets added to Game Pass? Oh man, I don't know. I you're putting me on the spot. What you must have something in mind. I have Far, I have Far Cry Five in mind. I think that's coming to Game Pass. Oh, oh, Far I saw Cry a rumor 5. that it was Rage Two. I'll, I'll buy into the Rage Two. Uh, yeah, uh, there is that one too because they they hinted because they um, Xbox Game Pass's Twitter account released a tweet that it was like announcement of an announcement, and they usually usually bury hints of games in there, mm-hmm. and one of them related to Boomer the Dog from Far Cry Five. So mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure that's coming to Game Pass as well. You know, I'll go but out yeah. on a limb because that was a rumor that I saw. I'll go out on a limb here. A game that needs a, a, some good news for sure, or two games really, um, either Anthem or fallout 76 coming to game pass okay those are good picks i mean anthem's already free on ea access right so, so why not won't be that but Keep giving uh, it away yeah, you know <laughs> that's true that's true anyways we got to go sean because uh we've run out of time uh so before we go sean plugs go guys find me on the internet uh, on twitter at sean capri it's sean like connor capri like the pants you can find me streaming on tuesday and thursday nights at twitch.tv slash sean capri and finally if you like the show if you want to keep gas in the tank you can throw a buck my way at patreon.com slash yumi capri you get a whole bunch of other stuff over there including the pants patreon podcast for patrons podcast it's a basically solo show with me and you and all of your questions and i do a bit of an ama very nice and as for me you can find me on twitter at ryan turford that's t-u-r-f-o-r-d you can find the game moose podcast over at game-moose.com and last but not least you can find us on twitter at the xbox drive go give us a follow there anyways for sean capri i'm ryan turford this has been episode 114 of the xbox drive and we out we're dumb